Welcome to the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Welcome to another episode of the Property Pulse Podcast, where every episode we bring you helpful hints and tips that we hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. And this episode was super interesting. So Aaron Briley is a self-made man, having dabbled in various businesses. I think it's fair to say that in his younger days, he was a serial entrepreneur. Through those experiences, Aaron built a property portfolio that he could be very proud of, of over eight properties. Now, when the GFC hit, that traditional model of buying properties against the equity that you've got existing in prior purchased property unfortunately began to unravel. This led Aaron to reconsider not just his property ambitions, but how it was that Aaron wanted to live the rest of his life. During those moments of contemplation, Aaron reflected on what it was that he was seeking to achieve out of property in the first place. And like many, Aaron was looking to secure a prosperous retirement. He wanted a great lifestyle. He wanted to live by the beach and enjoy his afternoons doing the things that he loves to do. Then Aaron thought a little bit more about that and wondered why he was waiting to retire in order to do it. Aaron then continued to investigate all of the options in front of him and stumbled across a formula that's not just proven successful for him, but the dozens of other people that he's been coaching around the country. And so today we're talking to Aaron about the secret of his success, how it is that he's been able to amass a significant portfolio of properties that are cash flow positive without it costing him a cent. I'm sure there's going to be lots of takeaways in this for anybody who holds interest in making money out of property. So please get the notepads out and get ready for Aaron Briley. Well, as many of you'd be familiar, there are some traditional forms of property investment, and many of you out there have um, endeavoured to, uh, over the time, build a portfolio of your very own. Uh, for some, that's leveraging against the equity you have in your own home in order to extend and secure the next property, and, and several people have had success over the years of, of doing that time and again. And in a period of great capital growth, that's certainly a model that a lot of people abide by. Over recent times, and in our marketplace, there hasn't been the double-digit capital growth that that model requires for you to grow a portfolio very quickly. And so people are increasingly looking at alternatives. They still want to play in the property space, but uh, whether it be uh, restrictions when it comes to capital or equity, um, aren't always able to pursue those uh, more traditional uh, buying models. And so uh, it is that alternatives have popped up over recent times. Uh, we've spoken previously about subscription models on the podcast. And today I'm talking with Aaron Briley, who has uh, another alternative, which I think a lot of you be very interested in. And Aaron, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Hey Dave, good to be here. So Aaron, I know you've dabbled in residential property over the years and have enjoyed much success with that, but this is something very much different. Uh, Aaron, if you can maybe give us a bit of an idea as to how you came about uh, the model that you're currently running with very successfully and, and maybe uh, what the essence of it all is. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I love property. And I'm a property guy. Um, and, yeah, I still love buying property. But we owe, back in the day, I was in business, traditional business, so a lot of staff, a lot of overheads, uh, and I did traditional property investing. So, you know, we had negatively geared properties. You uh, buy them in areas that you think that will go up and will get capital growth, but you're kind of, you know, buying and praying that they do. And like <laughs> you say, it's, it's not so much there. As you see, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, seven to ten year double digits. It's very, very patchy, and uh, it can be very unpredictable. So I had eight investment properties. Um, yeah, I was deficient in the Australian Property Investor magazine. I was very young in my 20s and I thought everything was going along pretty good. The GFC hit and uh, we changed our whole model. And so we got hit pretty hard with that. Um, you know, the equity kind of dried up, the banks really tightened up, um, the, pl- the prices plateaued or went down. And uh, yeah, so we went backwards in business, got in some debt and um, yeah, the properties are just dragging so much money out of, you know, eight mortgages you have to pay every month. So we changed our whole model. We, um, I saw up with my businesses and I've never, I've never been back to traditional business in the last decade. So we wow. had the theory of more, okay, what can we do from home? Yeah, that, the technology now with, you know, just like what we're doing here with the podcast, um, Zoom calls, webinars, social media, it really does allow you to build a global, global business from your home. So I got into business on that side, what I call new age of business, and, uh, and, and we started building business that way. With real estate, we sold everything, and yeah, the concept that we're doing now, which we can talk a bit more about, is how to build a portfolio of properties that I don't even own. So we don't worry about um, getting your financials together. There's no deposit, there's no risk, there's no interest, there's no mortgage to pay, and uh, it's just pure cash flow. So my business has just about no overheads. My property portfolio has no overheads, but they both are big cash machines, which we can still build up to, for a sale. So yeah, I'd love to talk more about that. So so it's really interesting that you'd had a, a success in that traditional model, but also experienced some of the pitfalls and when that capital growth was no longer there and the, the negative gearing, well, unfortunately, negative gearing means digging, digging into your own pocket to pay for a house for somebody else to live in. It, it sounded like you were looking for a solution that essentially inverted that whole situation. So you didn't have the financial risk, you didn't have the financial burden, but you enjoyed the positive cash flow. So, I mean, going back those years, I mean, it, it was it, um, it what, what was the spark behind that that thinking? What what led you down this path? Mostly lifestyle, I think. If I had to sum it up in one word, if you sort of look back and go, okay, what's the purpose of getting eight properties and then turning into 10 and turning into 20? Now, yeah, we did well. So my first property I bought was in Roxby Towns in South Australia. Yeah. Uh, it was, I don't know, early 2000s, and I bought it for 80 grand, and I sold it a year later for 160 grand, and that's <laughs> when I first fell in love with real estate. I thought, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, then I bought a house off the plan in Melbourne. We got 100 grand in equity straight away as soon as it was built, and back in those days, you could drag that equity out and put the cash in your pocket. And, you know, we only sold that house a couple of years ago, and we made a good profit on it. So, yeah, look, you know, buy and hold, I've done well. Um, some houses I bought and sold six years later for the same as what I bought them for. So some, yeah, didn't do so well. But what I kind of came down to, Dave, was was this, was someone asked me one day, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this with property? And, yeah, 
entrepreneur, I hate, that's what every entrepreneur does. You go do business, you do cash flow, you invest. Yeah. And he said, yeah, but what's the real purpose? And I said, you know, it's, I want to sit on the beach basically and make money doing nothing. Yeah. And he said, well, how's that working out for you? Because, see, everyone invests for a different end goal. Yeah. And for some people, they they love their jobs or they love their business and they're quite happy for the property to tick over in the background. They're paying the mortgage, no problems. They've got one, two, three properties. For me, though, I was thinking, you know what, I want to – I want to live life in my 20s and in my 30s and my 40s. I want to travel. I want to live up in Noosa. I want to work from home. I want the beach lifestyle. And what that was doing was taking money out of my pocket every single month and making me live more uh, frugal, you know, because I had less money every month. And how long was I going to have to wait for this capital growth that finally, when I'm 70, I can sell (laughs) it and make some money and then go and live life. Unless the market tanks. (laughs) So that was my light bulb where I said, you know what? I can build something with cash flow and have a great lifestyle and not have to wait and not have to, you know, uh, budget for the mortgages. And so that, that was kind of the uh, the spark, I guess, there in, uh, yeah, late 20s, early 30s, yeah. And and so was – I mean, we're going back to a time where Airbnb would have just been, um, you know, in, in its infancy. So so you, you're kind of um, uh, looking – you were looking at the horizon at the time and seeing these emerging technologies and thinking – well, how how can I how can I leverage this in order to satisfy that lifestyle requirement to uh, uh, to your to your plans? So uh, essentially, you decided that you didn't want to retire when you were seventy. You want to retire when you uh, you want to live every day like you are retired and have that nice balance of lifestyle. And so, what what changes needed to happen in your life to make that happen? Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, I, I didn't really foresee the Airbnb thing because, like you say, 2010, it was really just emerging. Uh, but certainly in business, we made that decision very quickly. So, you know, I, I sold up my traditional businesses. I sold up my real estate, uh, moved up here to Noosa um, and bought a great house and, uh, and yeah, did a work-from-home business. So that was a big change. You know, I moved out of living in uh, busy Sydney, uh, went to Melbourne for a couple of years. And so completely changed our lifestyle, uh, got married had a family so everything changed very quickly and then it was only two or three probably three years ago maybe um, maybe four years ago where we started staying in Airbnbs when we're travelling through Europe and me and Nick at the time said this is so much better than staying in hotels you know it's better uh, affordability it's great if you're travelling with kids and that's really when we first said this Airbnb thing is pretty cool Mm -hmm. Um, when it first started out and even even five or six years ago the model that we're doing now just wouldn't have worked because, you know, it got some momentum going in the US, it got some momentum going in Europe, people were getting good occupancy rates, they're really using it, they're getting full calendars, but it really wasn't until, you know, maybe four or five years ago here in Australia that it really started to take off and and the mathematics would work here based on supply and demand. So, yeah, we changed a lot with our lifestyle, with our business, and then it's just been the last, say, three or four years we've really changed and gone hard with uh, what I call the new age of of, uh, of property portfolios. Yep, and and it sounds like uh, the new age of property portfolio uh, management is something that you you work uh, as a family with your wife in. Is that uh, right? It's the first business I've ever done with my wife, so that has its uh, moments as well. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my wife uh, is backgrounds in the travel industry. Right. Uh, so she's been in the travel industry since she was 16. Um, and then, you know, she had kids into her late 30s. And so our oldest now is five and a half. 
and our second boy Bo's fourth first day of uh, kindy today. Yeah. Um, so she didn't want to go back to the corporate world. You know, she had kids, and she I, I don't want to have to go back to the corporate world. This um, time we live in Imusa, so she would have had to drive an hour and a half to Brisbane, an hour and a half home. Yeah, yeah. We all know what the corporate world is like. It's not exactly sexy. And I've been self-employed for you know. 10, 15 years, so she wanted to do something for herself. That's when she started Airbnb, our guest house. We've got a, a three-bedroom guest house on our property, and she just started to put that on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And we were booked every week. She's making some good money, and that's where we thought, hey, where can we take this? And it was sort of more Nicole's gig in the beginning, and then, yeah, we teamed up and, um, and really made a big business out of it, and uh, we've been working together in that for the last couple of years, so it's a lot of fun. Again, we just work from home, uh, but we're able to build a, a portfolio on a business all around Australia and, and also international as well. Wow. So so tell us a little bit more about how, how the nuts and bolts of it work for you. So we started off with the three-bedroom place here. I got sick of sharing the swimming pool with strangers, so we started to look <laughs> outside. Where else can we take this? And the obvious choice, and this is where most people go, let's go and buy a property in Noosa. Let's go and buy a property in Brisbane. No yeah. Airbnb. And look, that's a great idea. And you can turn it, a property into a positive cash flow property and also hopefully get some capital growth. But, yeah, you might only be able to do that once or twice or three times. Yeah, you're always going to have a limit on what the bank's going to lend you, you yeah. know, for most people. And you, you got some extra risk and overhead. You, you're going back to the old traditional model. So we looked at just looked around we saw a guy in the US that was renting properties and then putting them on Airbnb hmm. so straight away that caught my attention and I did some real quick math because I'm a numbers guy yep. and I thought man that the numbers are working ridiculously well there if I look at um, you know, 600 bucks a week so let's say I'm paying two and a half grand a month I've got my utilities let's just say I'm paying three grand a month for all my expenses by the time I'm paying my water and electricity and so forth so I did a bit of a calculation on let's say I get in 80% Occupancy at you know two hundred bucks a night. The maths is starting to look pretty nice, mm. but I kind of dismissed the model because I thought, now I don't want to be the sort of guy that's running around sneaking my properties on Airbnb without the owner knowing about it. I'm not even sure if it's technically legal or not. Mm. So kind of put it to bed for a bit because you know when we do business, we make sure it's all done properly and above board. And I went back and looked at it maybe a month later, and I sat through and I looked at all the information, and uh, that's when the light bulb went off. And so we rang up some property lawyers here in Australia, some top lawyers, and uh, figured out that they said, look, as long as you're upfront with the owner, as long as the owner knows what you're doing with that property, as long as you sign a legal lease and we can do up a lease for you, and the owner knows and you know and you sign it and they sign it, then you will not come under the subleasing clause. So it's all above board, it's all legal. So once I knew that, we got some leases drawn up uh, into South Australia, some leases drawn up for Queensland, New South Wales. And we started looking on realestate.com for places to rent. Mm-hmm. We went to open inspections. We met with owners from Gumtree and we just started saying to people, hey, this is what we're doing. We'd love to rent your property. We want to put it on Airbnb. We normally got a lot of blank stares. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, we explained our model on how we're going to you know, really look after their place, professionally cleaned a couple of times a week, no pets, no parties. We screen our guests, all this. And eventually, you know, a couple of real estate agents said, this is actually 
a, a beautiful idea. I've got a couple more properties you might want to look at. A couple of owners said, actually, I think you'd make great tenants. So we um, we signed the lease with them. Yep, we're going to rent it out. Here's your $600 a week. So the owner gets their guaranteed rent. They're happy. We're just like a normal tenant, paying our rent on time every week. But then we turn around with their permission, put it on Airbnb, booking.com, those sort of platforms. We sign the lease and uh, you make 100% of the income that comes in from short stays. And, yeah, with most properties, you know, let's just take an average two, three better, Adelaide CBD, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can quite easily turn that into $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 a month cash flow. Um, and it's with a property you don't own. You haven't put down a, a deposit. You haven't put down a loan. You haven't done financials. Um, you're just renting. So that's one model that we started off doing in about 2000 and, uh, 2017, 2018. Right. And, and look, when you are talking to uh, property owners, is there any of that type of resistance given some of the bad press that recently Airbnbs have received with party houses and the like being kind of splashed on our TV screens on the weekend news. Is, is that a point of resistance that you experience? And how, how do you work around that when you're talking to a prospective landlord? You've got all sorts of different owners. So you've got some owners that just won't even hear you out, right? They're just yeah. not, no short term, don't want to know about it. I want I want to know that I'm getting by six hundred dollars a week every single week. Yeah. What and they don't want um, yeah, they don't want it to go up and down and fluctuate with their short short term bookings. Other owners are quite open to listening. Um, so yeah, you get all sort of different ones. Other owners already know that they want to put it on short-term accommodation. So they're not even listing their property for rent. They're actually looking for a management company just to manage their house because they know that they're going to get 10%, 20%, 50%, sometimes, depending on the property, double the return on short-term accommodation, but they don't really know how to do it or what to do, so they're looking for someone to host their property for them. You don't need a, a real estate licence to do it, and uh, you can make some good money that way. We'll talk about that model in a second. Yeah. So, yeah, we had some owners that, and, you know, we teach this for a living now as well. We teach yeah. a course where we teach it, and we say, hey, look, you, you might get some resistance. You might get an owner that says, absolutely not, get lost. You've yeah. got to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, but, look, when we sat down with most people and they mostly hadn't really heard of that or thought of that we say hey look we're going to rent your property we're going to be like a normal tenant now tenants have parties right and and this is the thing that the media wants you to think is that everybody that stays in an airbnb is a party animal yeah whereas the majority of people are very very good yeah and you look at like a normal tenant they have birthday parties they have christmas parties they have football grand final parties they have people over right sometimes their friends smoke on the balcony smoke gets through Tenants, do, owners do this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So we say, look, this is how we're going to look after your property. We are going to professionally clean your property two or three times per week. After every guest moves out, it's going to be clean from top to bottom with a professional cleaner. Now, does your tenant that you put in for 12 months, are they going to professionally clean it every month? Exactly. They're probably not going to do it for a whole year, right? Mm. Um, are, are your tenants going to have some parties? Yeah. Our guests, we do it a bit different because we do it professionally. So we have a list of house rules, including no parties, no pets, you know, no noise after this hour, um, all these different house rules, no smoking. 
the guests must sign off on that. The guests must have government ID, two forms of ID, mm-hmm. and they must sign off on the house rules. They must show us our ID. So in three years of doing this, we've never had a place trashed because we know who they are. We look at their reviews, um, and I'm not saying that's going to cancel out every single person or, or solve your problem 100%. It, it just, it's been so far so good for us. So the owner starts to think, well, that's a good idea. We say, look, we'll sign a 12-month lease with you, a two-year lease, a three-year lease if you want. So you've got no more occupancy rates, uh, sorry, no more vacancies because that's the biggest thing with owners is they'll have someone in there for a year and then they move out and then they've got two weeks where it's vacant or four weeks or 90 days before they can find a new tenant. Yeah. That really hurts your return if you look over a 12-month course. We'll say, mm. we'll just we'll take out a three-year lease with you right now. Now it's starting to sound you know, really attractive uh, to the owner. And again, despite what the media will try and tell you, mm. let's say they've got a fully furnished apartment, which is often what we go for, fully furnished, so then we don't have to you know, pay for furniture. Yeah. Less wear and tear on that apartment because a tenant every day they're watching TV using the dishwasher the dish uh, the dryer um, the amenities the gym all that sort of stuff whereas short term guests I mean I've never put a washing machine on once and when I say yeah. an Airbnb exactly. a dryer or a washing machine I don't watch TV when I travel I'm working so there's actually less wear and tear on your appliances and so yeah eventually the owner turns around and goes you know what this is great uh, and that they'll check us out make sure we're reputable they get their guaranteed rent and we and then you've got to back it up right and so where we get a lot of our properties now are referrals from owners, referrals from real estate agents, because we pay rent on time every single time. We look after the place immaculately, like a five-star resort, and they say, actually, this is way better than a normal tenant. So a lot of them come around and love it um, if they sit down and listen, but some owners just, they won't even listen. So you you get a bit of a combination. So it's almost another layer of protection that the property owner is receiving that uh, over and above whatever management they might already have on the property, and, um, and it doesn't cost them a you're, you're actually, you know, you're part of the profit. Um, yeah. So, um, well, I, I can see why people might be less hesitant after hearing that story. Um, that's for sure. And uh, so, uh, and you're enjoying success with this in uh, in capital cities, is uh, regional areas and uh, holiday destinations. Are they also options that you look for? Everywhere, you know, it just really depends on the location within the location uh, and the property itself. So, a real trend I've found over the last couple of years is when people started staying Airbnbs, it was exciting. You know, it's not a hotel, we're living like a local, this is great, we've got a lounge room, we've got a kitchen to cook in. They didn't really care about the quality of the place that much, you know. Oh, we're sleeping in a shed, this is awesome. <laughs> but now, it's, all an it's really... Yeah, it's really changed. People really want a pristine, clean apartment, five-star apartment, and but they still want to pay the Airbnb prices, not expensive hotel prices. So we're quite picky with the properties that we go for. But yeah, typically uh, CBDs, um, you know, near sporting arenas, near hospitals, near universities, uh, holiday locations, beaches. Uh, you just got to watch out for seasonality. So if you're going to lease a property, yeah, you might make you know, the morning to peninsula is a great example where you can make an absolute fortune in the summertime but you know the software will tell us that occupancy rates you actually probably make a loss on most properties if you're renting during the winter yeah. so you want to find places and that's where CBDs are great because whether it's winter, summer you know people still got to work so they're commuting from Melbourne to Sydney, Adelaide, Perth wherever, um, they're staying in Airbnbs a lot of corporates now are booking their staff into Airbnbs rather than a hotel so capital cities are great um, 
that look, we've got properties um, all around. Yeah, you know, down the Great Ocean Road, up here at the sunny coast, um, all capital cities. Um, it, you know, yeah, so it'll work anywhere. But yeah, we've got you know we've got a profit calculator. We show our students how to calculate, crunch the numbers, and look if the numbers add up, you go for it. If they don't, um, yeah, you walk away from that property. And and unlike uh, often when people do uh, invest in property, they tend to invest in their locality. But you're saying. Mm. Look, look in those places where there's money to be made. After all, you're not investing your capital in it. So just look where the where the numbers make sense. Is that is that sound about right? Yeah, exactly right. That's that's where we just follow the trail. Um, yeah, our first four properties that were set up were in Adelaide yeah. um, through no other reason except that's where we're originally from. We had a network of people. I put something up on my Facebook. Someone wanted us to host their property uh, in North Adelaide. Someone else wanted us to host one in the CBD. Um, and we had family there, so they helped us to set it all up. We didn't leave our house in Noosa. Uh, mm. Then, obviously, we live here. We started getting properties on the Sunshine Coast. And then we just set up a full system um, like we never check in a guest ever. It's all automated. Uh, we never communicate with any cleaners. That's all automated through an app. So you can get extremely busy and yet you can make some great money doing this, but you can also get pretty sick of it because some people, they're washing the linen, they're doing their own cleaning, they're checking guests in, they're checking guests out. They're exhausted just with two properties and they're working 24-7. We don't do any of those things. So when we started doing this business, we said from day one, you know, obviously we're not going to do the cleaning, so that's very easy. We outsource it to some good cleaners and the cleaners will make or break this business for you. But we've got a good systems in place. So we use technology and apps and software um, to make sure that we weren't guessing which suburbs to go. So we got software which tells us the occupancy three years ago and what it's going to be you know, in the future. So that's that's priceless. Um, automatic cleaning, automatic check-ins, automatic guest messaging, uh, automatic uh, setup of the properties, everything. Um, so we've got a full system there. Uh, and you get busy setting up a property, but once it's set up, you can literally manage your portfolio in, you know, 90 minutes a day. Um, so you've just got to set it up with the right systems. It, it sounds like with the systems that you have developed, even if you are somebody that has been Airbnb your own property out to public, there, there's still you, – you, your systems offer an opportunity for perhaps those people to scale much more quickly um, and, and perhaps yeah. make, make their life all the easier, all the easier to, to work with. Um, that's the thing. I mean, if loans aren't a problem and your time's not a problem, you can scale up. And that's where you can go and get a dozen properties. You can go and get 50 properties, 100 properties, 200 properties, and they can be anywhere in Australia. Um, and that's where your portfolio, this is this is what a lot of people don't think of. You can have a portfolio of 200 properties that you haven't put a single dollar into. Because you've got to remember, if you're co-hosting for an owner, they're paying for everything. They're paying for the utilities, the furniture and everything. You do an 80-20 split with them, but this, this is a different model to the leasing, right? Mm. So you've got 200 properties, you haven't put a single dollar into it, you're taking 20%, so you might be making $500 a month, $1,000 a month. We just listed a property in St Kilda. Um, the owner bought it for over $3 million, so that's a $1,000 a night property, about 50% occupancy. You do the maths on 15 grand a month, what's my 20% worth? That's three grand a month we get off one property. If you've got 10 of them, it's starting to look pretty nice, and then you can sell that portfolio. So uh, companies like HomeTime uh, bought eight portfolios in Australia last year. Uh, one of our friends in Cairns uh, set up 118 properties in Cairns, exactly like this, sold out for a seven-figure sum to HomeTime. 
Wow. So big companies within Australia, but also the really big ones in the US are looking to come into the uh, Asia Pacific marketplace, so Australia, throughout Asia, where Airbnb is really growing. And the, the way that they want to get in here is with a portfolio of properties. So, hey, here's my 200 properties. Um, that'll be $5 million. Thanks. That's our end goal, you know, three years from now. And, and we're working with our students uh, to build up those portfolios because it's, it's a very lucrative industry uh, right now. Uh, well, and it sounds like if you don't have the systems in place uh, and you don't have those protocols, you don't have the, the right cleaners and the right go-to people, uh, mm. a, a company like that isn't going to buy your portfolio. Uh, they, they're not exactly. going to want to be dealing uh, with, with, like you say, putting the, the sheets on the beds and that type of thing. Mm. They, they, they want a turnkey business as best as possible. And, and it sounds like the, what you've been developing is exactly that. That's right, and that's what we teach as well. Um, you know, if you've got a website, for example, that's on page one of Google, we might type in Airbnb management service. That's an asset to your business being sold. Uh, your brand is an asset. Obviously, your, your financials are, are an asset. Okay, they want to make sure it's profitable. Um, your cleaning team, your automation, um, anyone that's helping you on the ground, yeah, that's all part of the asset to sell. And look, not everyone wants to sell. Some people want to you know, keep the, the income coming through for themselves because it's pretty easy once it's set up. just depends on how much you want to make and how many properties you want. So, yeah, but in terms of the sell, that's really um, adding to the asset of um, having it all automated and set up. And, and that's why a lot of people quit. Yeah, they get uh, one or two Airbnb properties. They haven't got the systems. They don't know where to find them. It all becomes a lot of work, um, perhaps for not much return for them, and, and they just go back to doing what they were doing, or they go back and put a traditional renter in there. But um, there are ways to, to really outsource and, um, and automate a lot of the things that we don't want to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, it, it sounds like the, what you described before in terms of what people do traditionally is that model without an exit strategy, and they say business without an exit strategy is doomed to fail. And uh, whereas you're always relying on capital growth to buy the next one, to buy the next one, almost this this uh, uh, this this beast that feeds on itself. Um, whereas what you're now talking about is developing a portfolio that's cash flow positive, that's actually an asset that somebody else will want to buy at the other. End because of all the reasons why it's been good to you in terms of being hands-off, offering your lifestyle, but great to be able to have that exit strategy and be able to cash out at the end. That's a lovely little bonus that I don't think a lot of people would have factored in when they considered maybe doing an Airbnb. I don't think anyone does. And the light bulb only went off for me about 12 months ago when I heard an acquaintance of ours, you know, like a business competitor they are, I heard the offer that they got, which was off the charts. They got offered a multiple, multiple, let me just say over $10 million to buy their portfolio. And I just thought, hello, what are we doing here? <laughs> and that's when I went back and said, right, uh, we spoke to our accountants and said, look, I just want to make sure our structure is set up. We are now looking to, to sell out in three years from now. I want to be able to show three years of financials. I want to make sure the entities and everything is set up. And uh, yeah, and that's when we thought, okay, we're going to keep our lease properties for cash flow and we're going to sell the hosted properties uh, as part of a portfolio um, for a big payday. So yeah, it's something that we hadn't thought of originally. Um, I was just happy, you know, I wanted to get to a certain place where I was happy with my income and then stop bringing on properties because that's what makes you busy mm. and kick back 
and, and enjoy a, you know, a semi-passive income. But now we're really working on it. We're bringing on five properties a month in the hosting space um, to be able to meet our goal of 200 properties and um, and sell that. So, yeah, it's uh, – look, I, in, in, in all my years, and I'm very honest with all the different businesses that we do, I don't see a easier, faster, more – concrete way to be able to become a multi-millionaire in home-based business than, than doing this. And I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world. There's work to be put in and there's systems to understand and there's a bit of a formula to work out. But I tell you what, it's it's extremely duplicatable and um, not many people know about it. So, uh, yeah, we've got a good group of students that uh, we work with and uh, they're all pretty excited at the moment and, and they're smashing it. We've got students doing better than us. So uh, we had uh, a couple from Melbourne that joined us 15 months ago. They'd never done Airbnb before. Uh, they've just bought in a million dollars worth of bookings um, wow. in the first 15 months and they are crushing it uh, in Melbourne. Uh, but there's so many success stories. Um, we had a, a girl that was uh, had a disability um, she had to work from home, so she decided to, to do this with us. Her goal was to make ten grand a year and be a bit independent. Yeah, she just hit hundred k. So um, there's great stories. Yeah. Well, they say it's a mark of a good teacher when the students excel the teacher. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, Aaron, obviously, anybody listening would be somewhat curious and, and would love to know where to start. And and um, mate, how can people do that? Can they uh, get in contact with you? Can they? Uh, is there a possibility? that uh, you can discuss some of this with them one-on-one or coach people through this process? How how can people learn more? Yeah, if if people are looking to... yeah, host their property and uh, they're looking for someone to do that or they've got questions around that, probably the best website there is bnbhost.com.au, so host with an S on the end, um, or if they're interested in, you know, learning it all and doing it themselves, they want to look at the course, then uh, blueprint.com is mm-hmm. probably the best uh, place to check that out. You can contact us and we can take it from there. That's fantastic, Aaron. Well, thanks so much for your time today and, and a real incredible insight into uh, – um, a, a part of the real estate space that I think a lot of people are really curious about right now, but there's not a whole lot of information out there. So it, it's been great to have this conversation and be able to share it with our listeners. Absolutely, Dave. Thanks very much, mate. And uh, yeah, let's rock on and uh, see where it goes. Fantastic, Aaron. Thanks so much again. Thanks, Dave. See you, mate. Thank you. And uh, and for those that are listening, certainly uh, check out the links that will be attached to this podcast. So if you do want to learn more about the secrets to Aaron's success and how he's enjoying all the benefits of a cash flow positive business without the huge capital outlay where he still gets to have fun in real estate every day, then certainly check all of that out. It's a tremendous resource and something I'd suggest to anybody who's looking to make the absolute most of their next real estate decision. I'm Dave from Real and we'll look forward to bringing you more next time. The Property Pulse podcast is designed for anybody who's dealing in real estate, whether you're buying or selling, expanding upon your portfolio, or perhaps you're a real estate agent and you're just looking for helpful hints and tips that'll accelerate your success in real estate. Well, I hope you found a home on the podcast. And if you have, please subscribe to stay tuned to all new episodes as they become available. 